way to love Dr. Trey Sheik. I would like to guide y'all through the high tones, low tones, mid-range, DBX range, socket to me range. Bust it out raw like sushi. We about to clear all that nasty, sticky, funky, junky wax out your ears with some infecto, gruelistico, hybrid, high-octane, non-corporate jams. Past, present, and a taste of the future. These jams are hot. Hot like salsa picante de na-na Funkenstein. Because it's all about comida de na-na. So let's throw, funky junkies. Turtle wet. You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Shake your booty like a hooker from 57th Street on her way to a disco, baby. It's time to funk things up around here on Growing Up Rock Hollywood. Did you ever attend one of those teen discos in the early 80s, baby? Uh, Define early 80s. 81, 82, when disco was still sort of around. I was 12 and 13 years old. So that would be a big no then. Uh, that would be a big no then. <laughs> I was watching Popeye and He-Man and stuff. Do you remember, like, uh, where I lived, they used to have sort of these teen discos where, I don't know, 13, 14, 15-year-olds uh, could go and dance, and there's a big tie-in with, like, what do they call it, the Arthur uh, Arthur something dance school and... Uh, you know, they taught disco, and disco was a big thing in the early 80s, I think late 70s, early 80s. At least that was my recollection. Was it earlier than that? I know it wasn't much later than that because I was in high school by then. Yeah, I would say your timing's dead on, and I'm sure there was that stuff in San Francisco especially, but I didn't see it because by the time, and I'm the oldest sibling in my family, so by the time I hit the clubs, it was 85, 86. Yeah. And we were already in the hair metal, like the disco clubs, whatever there were, were gone, or at least they weren't on Broadway. I can tell you that. Yeah. And they weren't on Telegraph. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you might be able to tell by the intro to this episode that things are going to get nasty, stinky, and funky up here in Growing Up Rock. And uh, why the hell are we talking about discos? I really don't have any idea other than the fact that some of the early disco stuff may have led to what came down the road. And in this episode of Growing Up Rock, we're going to talk about hard rock and metal that had sort of a funky edge to it, you know, very groove-laden funk rock feel uh, because there seemed like there were a lot of those bands that came out in the late 80s, uh, early 90s, really probably more to the early 90s that were in that vein, don't you think? Yeah, and I think it's because the late 60s, early 70s kids were hitting their 20s. And, you know, bands like Earth, Wind, and Fire and stuff like that was all over TV. Yeah. And depending on what their parents were listening to, like, you know, if they weren't listening to acid rock, they were probably listening to some kind of R&B funk because besides that, there was just pop and that's it really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was really, really into 
the groove-laden stuff, the the funk rock. Uh, and that actually was sort of a gateway drug for me to open up the door and sort of go back and discover like James Brown and a lot of the really, you know, really true funk R&B and soul uh, from that era because I wasn't into that stuff early on. You know, I was hard rock metal head kind of person. And then when I started listening to some of these more funkier bands and just uh, groove laden things, I went back and sort of discovered that stuff. So it was a little bit of a gateway drug to open myself up to things like that and to Prince and Brothers Johnson and all that kind of stuff from that era. Yeah, mine was a little more backward. So I always liked uh, Motown, always liked the R&B, a little bit of the hip hop, but not really the rap. It was, you know, there was a beat, there was a message, there was melody. So I liked that stuff. And I hung around a bunch of people like that stuff. And I loved rock also, obviously. But then it kind of went into Prince got funkier as he went into the late 80s and 90s, which was very interesting because I was very, very into it. And then Extreme comes. They really got some funk to them. So I'm like, where are these people finding this stuff? And then I went backwards and went to Hendrix. Yeah. And then that's where my love for funk started, listening to Sly Family Stone and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So I kind of found it through, I guess you would label it as a hair metal, and through Prince backwards. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. We're going to talk about hard rock and metal bands that were influenced sort of by those type of bands that we were discussing. I mean, most of the bands that we're going to talk about today, most of the artists that we're going to talk about today have definitely, I would consider, you know, hard rock bands, probably not so much metal, but more hard rock and roll bands uh, that just had a funkier edge to them. And there were a lot. So as I started digging into this, uh, there were a whole bunch of bands that were not necessarily funk bands, but had one or two songs in their catalog that were very funk-oriented. A band like Cinderella, who's more of a blues-based band, blues-based hard rock, even they had a song on um, Heartbreak Station, Love's Got Me Doing Time. That's a very funky song, you know? So uh, definitely there were some uh, bands out there with that element to their music uh, and that were probably influenced by R&B and um, Motown at one point or another. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even like you, I'm hearing somebody save me in my head. Like if the, if the bass was louder and had a little slap to it, yeah. man, it's a, it's a funky riff. Yeah. No. Right. So that could have been a funk song. So I, I think some of these guys is like, all right, dude, you got to turn that down because we're not a funk band. You know what I mean? So maybe some of that was happening. And it was just kind of naturally coming through them. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, other bands that uh, definitely made my list, but didn't necessarily make the show electric boys, lips and hips. I mean, their, their, I mean, their record was called Funko metal carpet ride. <laughs> their first record so so that was a, a band for sure that was on my list that could have easily been part of this episode for sure uh, but maybe in the future they just by the way the electric boys they just put out a new record and uh, it's pretty good i'm just now uh, getting through it uh, for the second or third time and enjoying what i hear off of that record yeah i don't know a lot about them yeah you should definitely seek them out they're a good band 
Yeah. All right. So what's the word of the day, man? We got an actual word of the day. We haven't gotten into this one in a while, but I found a good word of the day. Yeah. You picked a word that is uh, one of our, I would say the second from the top leaders. It's her favorite word. What does that mean? That she uses it constantly. Uh, she uses this as a kind of a uh, mind space is where you can be when you make great decisions versus what we're going to use it as, but it's one of her favorite words. She uses it all the time. And, and who is that? Who are we talking about? Uh, her name is Sona. She's one of our chief officers. Oh, it's your actual job, your real job. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's where you yeah. lost me. I was like, what are you talking about? I thought <laughs> you were talking about like one of our like rock and roll leaders. I was like, oh, all right. Oh, no, great lady, but it's one of her words, yeah. Yeah, so serendipitous, right? It's an eject adjective occurring or discovering by chance in a happy or beneficial way. And I find music all the time that is serendipitous to me. Yeah. I found, I find things there was a, there's be a couple of times where I mentioned it today where, you know, to me, serendipitous means like you weren't looking for it, but it just kind of came and don't know where it came from. Sometimes the way we start an episode or an idea I'll have for something just comes out of literally thin air. And that's serendipitous. <laughs> Don't know where it came from, but for some reason, got to act on it. <laughs> All right. So that's the word of the day. Listen out for it throughout the podcast. There you go. Let's get into this. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K dot com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, so Growing Ups of the Week. So we had a bunch of people share us on Facebook and retweet us on Twitter and uh, some really interesting people too, which is really cool. So we'll get to all of it. But uh, thank you to Brenda Tomzak, Podcast Rock City, Abby K. Music, Trace Mess 469, Jill Winkler, Carrie Morgan, Aaron Baker, Adam Cox, Jason Alexander, Daredevil Production, Peter Cessary, Bella Lowe's 1966, Astarte, Jamie Jackson, D. Gold, Alexandria 05, Bill Elam, Mutt Merch, Craig Osborne, David Raja, Rick Friel, Rodney Dixon, Decibel Geek, Shawana Lee, Janet Eck, Mr. Black, Arrowhead, Dirk Sokolowski, Tariq A., Rita, Mike Jones, Damn Good Movie Memories, Arton, Arts Blog, Elizabeth Jaffe, which is, I believe it's Matt Jaffe's mom. Yeah. WR, Furkey 63, Anna McNaughton, Lovely Cat 3, Art Stars, David Cathy, Colin Francis, David Hudson, Classic Rock Drops, Brand Rustoven, The Mooger Fugger, EMZT Podcasts and Productions, Alan Tate, Save Rock and Metal, our buddy Kalen Provo, Mark Arnold, Music Palace Radio, Tatiana Price, Kasumi Iwami, Arthur King, Marcelo Verzi, Daryl Alber, Jody Havnot, James A. Souza, Callie Ghosty, Mafito96, Chris Sinzak, I Love It Loudcast, Craig Johnston, Mark Winder8, Brian Davis, Chris Fretwell, Little Fish, Dan Nation, Craig Johnston, Christian and Damon's Amazing Nerd Show, Becky, and then there's a bunch of numbers. I don't want to say them because it looks like it's the phone number. Uh, HK Collectibles, Chris James A. Chris, I took your uh, uh, suggestion and just shortened your name to A. Better that I don't keep butchering it. Dennis Koch, Steve Wright, 
Eladio Drew in the UK, Ness, Jay Sabluski, Ogata, Mike Purnell, Bill Algy, Jason Kearney, Tony Musalem, Hairnet Radio, Digital Killed Radio Star, Potter Than Hell, John Cena, Restrained, who supplies our bumper music. Podchaser has been really good to us. Matt Jaffe, he shared it on his Twitter, and uh, he's got some really loyal Twitter followers, uh, which is great. And uh, hopefully, if you're a new fan listening to this, please stick with us. Uh, we, you know, we try our hardest, and if you got any suggestions, uh, just let us know. But hopefully, we've got some new fans out of it. The villain shared us. Dan Call official shared us. And then I think it happened either today or yesterday, but the official Queensryche Twitter handle retweeted the Monsters of Rock Cruise Part 1 episode. So if you haven't checked that Part 1 episode out, it's a preview that we're doing for the cruise that we're going to be on. And uh, make sure you go check that out. We're going to have another one coming in January. We're going to do a third one in February so we can cover all the bands. There's like 50 different bands and musicians on that ship. And then after we're done with the ship, we're going to do a recap. And hopefully we get some folks that we met on the ship and get their grown-up rock stories a little bit. Maybe we get an interview or two. Who knows? But if nothing else, we'll have fresh in our minds 50 kick-ass concerts that we can share with you of what we saw. So thank you all for sharing and retweeting. That's quite a list. Yeah, that was totally, totally cool that Queensryche retreated that out. Really appreciate those guys helping us out a little bit. And uh, if you're a fan of the right, you're a fan of a lot of the other rock and roll that we're covering and we'll be covering on that Monsters of Rock Cruise series. So awesome. All right, so before we get into the topic of the week, which is all about funk, baby, we need to do a little bit of Crank Me Up! Crank Me Up! It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is something that's super, super old, but goes right along with the theme of the show, which is all about funk. So way back in the early 90s, I discovered this band working at the record distributor. They were on Capitol Records, and they were out around the same time as that psychedelic band Jellyfish. Do you remember Jellyfish? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of Jellyfish. Oh, God. Love, love Jellyfish. Huge fan of Jellyfish. Anyway, they did a tour, which was Jellyfish and this band. And the name of the band is called Maggie's Dream. Now... I don't know if you're familiar with this band or not, Sonny, but when I started listening to this back today, it's a record that I think you would really, really, really love. And hopefully you dug this song. But essentially, Maggie's Dream, the singer from Maggie's Dream, if memory serves me correctly, and please don't crucify me if I get it wrong, but I think that the singer from Maggie's Dream was at one point in time when he was very young in Menudo. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that correctly uh, because you know that the members of Menudo, they get to a certain age, they kick them out and they bring new ones in. That's how that band works, right? You knew that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. So this kid, I think, originally was in Menudo at one point in time. He can really sing. 
anyway, this band has nothing to do with Menudo or sounds anything like that, so don't get scared just yet. But give this a listen. It's it's not necessarily a hard rock or metal record, although it's pretty guitar driven. There's quite a bit of guitar in this record. So check this out. It's a little bit different than a lot of the stuff we play, but goes wrong with the theme. This is a song called Change for the Better, Maggie's Dream.
All right. So I listened to this today for the first time ever. Yep. Love the initial scream. There's definite funk to it. So I'm listening and I'm like, okay, the singer was reminding me of different singers. So I'm like, okay, this has got a, like a Jeff Scott Soto feel to it because Jeff has stuff like this. So I'm like, there's no, so I, I start going online, start looking for stuff. And then as I'm listening, I'm like, okay, it's got nothing to do with Jeff. Wait a second. Did I just hear some Lenny Kravitz? So then as I'm reading up about him, I guess Lenny Kravitz auditioned for the band, didn't get it, but then kind of changed his music to match this band because he liked the musical style. And the singer does have a little bit of Lenny in it. Yeah. I absolutely loved this song. Put it on my list. Going to get the, if I can get the CD on Amazon, I'm going to buy physical product. Otherwise, I'm downloading this damn thing because it was awesome. Oh, dude, you're going to totally love this record. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't think of it at, at first through all our conversations because I knew this record was right up your alley. And, you know, sometimes you put stuff away and you don't listen to it. And more recently, I dragged this record out because I knew we were doing this show. And I was like, you know, how can I work this band into the show? Because it's not a typical hard rock or, or metal band. But, I mean, there's plenty of guitar-driven music on this record. But if you like this song, you're going to love the record because the record is absolutely 100% fantastic. Yeah, it's a shame they only have the one. Like, this is one of those things where I'm going to get that record, I'm going to love it, and wish they had like 11 of them. Yeah, you just, you have to take what you can get. And, and you know, that's right. And what's funny is we're going to, you know, there's a couple of bands in the lineup that I think fit that description a little bit. So as we go through, we might run into one or two bands that are sort of like that. But yeah, no doubt Maggie's Dream was great. And I was fortunate enough to see them live, which was fantastic. But uh, check it out. It's just a self-titled record. The name of the band is Maggie's Dream. And hopefully you guys can still get that record out there. Uh, it was on Capitol Records. All right. Time to get into the funk of it all, baby. All right. So here we go. For my first pick, I went with a band from Canuck, England called Trapeze. So Trapeze is Glenn Hughes' first real band. Get the members. So it was a trio. Hughes is on bass and vocals. Mel Galley, the guy that was in uh, Whitesnake for a little bit, yep. is on guitars. David Holland is on drums. He was in Priest later from like 79 to 89. And Trapeze had six studio albums. They were around late 60s, early 70s. The music is, you know, it's got the bluesy vibe of Big surprise, Deep Purple and White Snake, right? Because you got two of the members that ended up going there. But this music has a little more funk to it that those bands were absolutely missing. Glenn left the band before the other two. The other two went on for a little while, changed singers. Glenn obviously went on to do Deep Purple and many, many, many different things. Honestly, I'm kind of still in discovery mode with Glenn Hughes. For whatever reason, he didn't connect with me at the beginning, and I'm not exactly sure if it was what I heard when I first heard Glenn Hughes, but he's obviously got the voice that I normally am attracted to listener-wise. So it was totally serendipitous that I ran across this song because I'm still kind of finding my Glenn Hughes footing. Glenn's vocal sounds great. Mel does a great guitar solo. Originally, the song was on Trapeze's third album in 72 called You Are the Music, We Are Just the Band. 
But that album is impossible to find. I've been looking for a while. I can't find it. So I picked a live version to play for you off of 1996 Addiction. Here is Glenn Hughes performing the trapeze funky classic called Way Back to the Bone. Way Back to the Bone. Please welcome the voice, Glenn Hughes.
trapeze yeah i knew about trapeze and i went out there and tried to listen to some of trapeze way back when and the band is kind of all over the place i mean i i seeked it out when i found out glenn hughes was part of trapeze before he was ever in deep purple and i like glenn hughes's uh voice a lot and i like his bass playing a lot i mean he's a really good bass player they don't talk about that a whole lot but trapeze is just all over the place now i do like this song but i'll tell you where i first heard this song was not by trapeze i first heard this song off the jakey lee solo record in fact recently i think you picked something for us to play off that jakey lee solo record not too long ago in a few episodes back but he also does a cover of way back to the bone by trapeze on that record did you know that yeah, yeah, it's on Retraced. Yeah. So I'm thinking that that's why when I first heard this song by Trapeze doing it, right? The original, I guess I should say. I'm like, why does that sound familiar? Man, this is a different feel, though. And then when I went back and listened to Jake's version, it's okay, but it doesn't hold a candle to the original, in my opinion. I mean, I actually liked it, but, you know, that might just be from a production standpoint. Oftentimes, I like newer produced songs as opposed to some that are much older so but i like the cover version that jake did on this song i enjoyed it yeah so from the way back to the never heard of and then fizzled fast steve what's your pick (laughs) so my pick is a funk band with somebody like a david lee roth leading the charge (laughs) i picked a band out of st louis called king of the hill now i don't know how many people will remember king of the hill You know, they were basically like a fun party band with a sort of David Lee Roth meets Prince lead singer. 
And, you know, I was fortunate enough to see them live once. I thought they were really good. The guy was charismatic. Frankie Muriel, Muriel, I think is how you pronounce his name. That was the lead singer. And he's actually doing some sort of like Prince tribute type thing now. You go to his Facebook page and it's got like Prince all over the Facebook page. So I don't exactly know what the story is there. Uh, And I think he got the band back together once or twice to maybe play some one-offs. But they had this song on MTV. Check this out. This is a song called I Do You.
All right. So I saw them live back in the day too. They opened for Steelheart a couple of times. And, you know, I watched the video today <laughs> and I have the album too, by the way. Yep. I bought the album. Total Bon Jovi, Van Halen, Extreme Clones. And that video is basically Get the Funk Out redone. Like it's almost the exact same video, right? So Which record came out first? Do you remember? Uh, Extreme did. Did it really? Yeah. So it's like I enjoyed them and I remember watching them live going, all right, these guys like for serious real, right? But I remember my headspace was I cannot wait until Millie Motivic comes out and rocks this place because I want to know if that voice is real, right? Because I, I, I just couldn't believe it that what you heard on tape, you're going to hear live. So that was kind of my headspace going into the show. And then these party guys come up and they were good live. I mean, they were energetic. They were of the time. There was no doubt about that. But man, did they fizzle fast because I do, you came out, they were somebody, and then immediately they were nobody. Well, they had the one ballad, too, after IDU. They had that uh, ballad, If I Say, I think was the name of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't in love with that song. But, you know, it's interesting to think, and I was thinking about this today. So, I mean, if you read all the early books on Van Halen and stuff like that, David Lee Roth was really into, like, you know, James Brown and R&B and vaudeville and all about the show and all that stuff. So, you know, David Lee Roth wasn't always hard rock party metalhead. And so it'd be interesting to think about what David Lee Roth would have been had he come out in, you know, 1989 as opposed to 78 and didn't have, you know, Eddie and Alex as partners, what would he have been like? What kind of band he was in? Because his band, from what I understand, I've never heard him, but that ba- his early band, what was it? Red Ball Jet, I think was the name of it, was sort of a, a party band that did all kinds of shit from James Brown to uh, R&B to vaudeville to all this kind of stuff. So maybe it they would have been the same. Maybe this Frankie Muriel guy that had the long blonde hair and uh, dance moves on stage, maybe that would have been David Lee Roth had Dave come, you know, 10 years later. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. I, it's fun stuff. I mean, you know, when I threw the CD on probably about a couple of weeks ago because we were talking about this show a while back and I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Nothing wrong with it. Dude, it's certainly something you can tip a shot back to and uh, shake your ass to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with that, especially if she's sexy and uh, she's shaking it. Shake your moneymaker, baby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So for my next pick, and I can just hear Steve Wright right now. Oh, he's out of format. He's out of format. Steve, <laughs> calm down. But we're going to talk about Lenny Kravitz, and it's not out of format. So whether you think Lenny Kravitz is rock or pop, I guess it depends on who you believe and honestly probably what you've heard. Uh, To me, it's mostly guitar-driven rock. And if you don't know a ton about Kravitz, uh, you know who Al Roker is? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, his cousin, by the way. Do you know who Roxy Roker is? Yeah, Roxy Roker. Yeah, I mean, I know all about Kravitz upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Roxy Roker was the chick married to the white dude in the Jeffersons. That's the right, neighbors. Alan Willis. Yeah, yeah, the neighbors. So Kravitz was married to Lisa Bonet from the Cosby Show. Yep. So he's obviously got connections to the entertainment world. So he's been around the entertainment world for a while. Yep. 
He's released 11 studio albums. His first official release was in 89. If you haven't heard a lot of his music, let's say you've only heard like American Woman or something like that, he's got a lot of James Brown, Hendrix, Prince, Sly and the Family Stone flavor in his music. So you can assume that uh, pretty much everything has a lot of funkiness to it. Listen for the horns in this song. And honestly, most of the songs we're playing tonight, horns are, for whatever reason, super duper important to the funk sound of music and at least the stuff that we're playing. The guitar solo in the song we're going to play is done by none other than Slash. And if this song came out in 91, so if you think about it, 90, 91, GNR is one of the biggest bands on the planet at that time. From 91's Mama Said record, which I'm telling you from front to back is an amazing record. The guitar riff is funky too. Check out Always on the Run.
Yep. So I'm a huge Kravitz fan. I love, 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 love that song. I mean, do you know do you know Lenny and Slash's history together? Do you know anything about uh, their history? No, I don't know that. So the, Did they go to high school together? So the two of them went to high school together in Hollywood. The two of them were, I, I believe they were friends, actually, but the two of them went to the same high school in Hollywood together. And so there's a history there with the two of them leading to him playing uh, guitar on this record. I saw Lenny this year in concert. Fantastic. This is a talented dude. I mean, this guy plays a lot of the instruments on his records, not just one or two instruments. He writes everything. I mean, he is a really, really talented dude. And I like a lot of his music. Whether it's hard rock or metal, I don't know about that. I don't think Lenny likes labels, the bottom line. I think Lenny hates labels. So I think that his music, you know, goes the range from R&B to uh, reggae to hard rock to metal. I think his, his music covers all that and dance as well. So I think that, you know, you should go seek that out and you'll probably serendipitously run across something that you like. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I've, I've always wanted Prince to do a Jimi Hendrix tribute record. And obviously now he can't do that unless it's sitting in the vault and we don't know it. But Kravitz could also pull something like that off. And it would be amazing because I really like Jimi Hendrix. The vocal didn't always connect with me, but uh, the guitar playing was so great that it kind of made up for it. But to have like a Kravitz put his style of vocal on that style of guitar, dude, I'm telling you, it would be hot. Yeah, no doubt. I'm a fan of Lenny Kravitz bottom line so we're gonna go to somebody who's fairly popular like a lenny kravitz to when you think of funk and hard rock i mean for me anyway this band almost immediately comes to mind and i don't know if it's the fact that they had a song called get the funk out or not but we're gonna talk about it stream because funk rock and extreme kind of go hand in hand in my opinion would you agree uh, first band I thought of when we thought about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. You know, there's so many things. They're probably, by far, they're probably the most mainstream band that I'm going to play tonight. Everything else is kind of deep in the back, obviously, by the fact that the first thing I played for you guys was King of the Hill. So <laughs> I think I drive drive home my point with that right there. But the song that I selected is off a record that was not necessarily my favorite record and probably at this point is my least favorite at stream record. But the song that I'm going to play, I absolutely love. It was one of my favorite songs on this record. We're talking about Waiting for the Punchline. I don't know what it is about this record, but it just never really connected with me. I didn't love it. But the song Cynical, I thought was great and definitely kind of typical extreme. But I dig this song. It doesn't get played a whole lot. So take a listen to Cynical.
Yeah, so I'm a huge extreme fan. You know, that funky bass line is awesome. And I get what you're talking about with punchline. So I think, and this is just my opinion, they just kind of lost the passion for doing what they were doing. Because by the time you come out of porno graffiti and do three sides, man, they were on. It had snappiness. It had meaning, feeling. It had drive. Like even this song, drags a bit like political calamity off of three sides is a way more funky tune to me. And it's a little more upbeat. Right. Yeah. But, uh, it's a good song, but I think that's, what's wrong with punchline. It's missing that we're still hungry. We're still extreme. We are different than everybody. It's almost like, yeah, we're extreme. Yeah. We need to put out another album and here you go. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the, uh, behind the scenes story was on this record. Cause I didn't read up on it, but I almost agree with you a hundred percent. I think this might've been a record that was done under duress and maybe even done to uh, appease the record label because they owed them a record. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's possible. I, I haven't, I'm going to do the research on this thing for another thing, but, uh, yeah, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. That's a good point. Let's take a minute and uh, plug uh, the fact that you're doing a uh, extreme series covering all the records with the guys over at uh, Pods and Sods, right? Yeah. So um, Brian Sword from the Double Stop and Eric Miller from Pods and Sods and I uh, decided to do this extreme series. We've done one intro episode and then we did the first album. Uh, you know, the three of us getting our schedules together is sometimes tough and we're not in a rush. So we want to make sure it feels right, but we want to do all the extreme albums one by one. All three of us are major extreme fans. Uh, Eric Miller, his favorite rock band is Queen. So, uh, knowing that extreme has that Queen flavor, he's totally into it. So it should be a fun series. And, you know, between the three of us, we get into the band deep. Yeah. Like we're, we're talking about B sides and stuff that was demos that never made the album and we're talking lyrics like we we get in deep yeah i enjoyed the first episode i think that's all i've listened to thus far is the first episode so yeah so it's on the pods and size network uh, it's been really fun to do actually yeah awesome please make sure you subscribe to our podcast growing up rock and leave us a review on itunes give us a like and leave us a comment on facebook at Growing Up Rock. All right, so just like the lovely and talented Samantha said, if you're digging what you are hearing, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. We want you guys to be there with us the entire way. We're all about rock and roll. We are the passionate fans, just like hopefully you guys are, and uh, this is the best way we can get new music to you, old music that you probably forgot about, and the stories that mean a lot to us uh, that we attach to these, so it's all good. On to your next song, my friend. All right, so next we have a band from Venice, California called Infectious Grooves. I know Kravitz hates labels and Prince hated labels, but I would label these guys funk metal. Uh, the members are a combination of suicidal tendencies plus Excel, which was a LA thrash metal band and Jane's addiction. So Jane's addiction supplied the drummer, Stephen Perkins, Excel supplied the guitar player, Adam Siegel, suicidal supplied the singer, Mike Muir, who also, he's kind of the funny guy of the band. And so there's a humor aspect to this band that's very, very important. And Mike kind of brings that. 
but the bass player, which Suicidal also supplied. Now get this name. <clears throat> Let me get ready here. <clears throat> Roberto Augustine Miguel Santiago Samuel Perez de la Santa Concepcion Trujillo Viracruz Bautista. That's his name. <laughs> better, better known as the dude from Metallica now. <laughs> That's right. Robert Trujillo. Yeah. So he supplies all the funk. So Infectious Grooves was around. They released four albums from, from like 91 to about 2000. On the song we're going to play, Ozzy provides some vocals, and I guess you could label it as the chorus of this song. Trujillo joined Ozzy in 96. I'm not exactly sure how Ozzy got involved in this song five to six years earlier, but it's possible that Ozzy saw it as a way to stay relevant. Ozzy does a good job with that. Like if there's, you know, like the whole ballad thing, the ballads were hot, go with Lita Ford, do a ballad. Like, you know, so I think Sharon does a good job of how do you keep somebody who is basically a person from the late 60s continue to be relevant in the music today, and this might have been a way. Uh, how I found out about this band was truly serendipitous. I was researching Trujillo when uh, I found out he was going to join Ozzy, and uh, this is how I kind of came across the band. So from 1991's debut release called the plague that makes your body move is the infectious grooves. It has heavy guitar, rapping, funky bass, voice box guitar solo, and this song will leave you needing therapy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a fun record. Didn't we also take the intro to the episode from this record? Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I think it's off the next record that we took the intro off. Okay, of. I couldn't remember. But, you know, Infectious Grooves just a fun, they're a fun band. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. I could tell by the intro. <laughs> the intro was fun and crazy as it was. And then this song is, uh, is rocking as well. Uh, sometimes it becomes a little bit jammy in places on some of the records for me. Uh, and I'm much more of a just kind of straight ahead meat and potatoes type dude, but I enjoyed it and, uh, definitely appreciate the ridiculous playing on these records from the people involved. Yeah. And I can only imagine Sharon telling Ozzy, okay, look, all you got to do is sit here, look crazy. And just keep singing therapy when that guy points at you. Every time that guy points at you, I want you to say <laughs> therapy, right? And then what's also interesting, and this is in true Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne style, this song got released on Prince of Darkness. There was like this three, four CD set that Ozzy released in the mid-2000s. Yeah. The release is listed as therapy ozzy osbourne featuring infectious grooves of course but it's an infectious groove song of course right so it's just just true sharon right there uh, all about the money my friend <laughs> that's right can you imagine that guy points at you therapy <laughs> <laughs> well that's certainly a man that knows plenty about therapy i'm quite sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> that whole family probably knows plenty about therapy it's a great song uh, yeah cool tune all right so i'm going on and moving on to mine i discovered the band white trash back in the early 90s when i was spending a lot of time on the road i was working with the band that was playing foundations forum which was this big kind of music expo out in california put on by, I think, Concrete and Foundations Forum basically showcased all these new up-and-coming hard rock and metal bands. And they would perform and they would, you know, give out CDs and just a big media blitz and all this stuff was going on. And I discovered this band, White Trash. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think they were on Geffen Records. I had heard a lot of hype about them, heard how amazing they were live, all this stuff, but I didn't know a whole lot about them. So I stuck around that night because I wanted to see the show they were playing that night in this big ballroom or whatever. They came out and it was basically a blues bass band with a three-piece horn section. But these guys hit the stage like a mad, crazy, ridiculous, thrashing moshing band i mean everybody in this band moved around on stage and i'm not just talking about walking back and forth i'm talking about all over the place this band was amazing they were so entertaining the horn section everything every one of them moved around they were in your face it was fantastic i loved it and you know i was hitting my 
kind of funk stride at this point. I was looking for new avenues. I was listening to some of the old school funk, the James Brown, the Motown, but I was still very entrenched in hard rock and metal. So I wanted both worlds to collide and kind of with white trash that happened a little bit. Uh, Some of the songs on their self-titled record go from thrashy kind of driving songs to just straight out horn section funk songs. You might remember they had a video out for a song called Apple Pie at one point in time, but this is a song called Crawl. Take a listen.
Yeah, so I remember Apple Pie. It was all over MTV, uh, if I remember right. I have this album. I haven't heard it in forever. This is one of those albums, and it's probably happening to people today with new music that's coming out, is that you hear it, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. And then you put it away, and you might never listen to it again. So I probably need to pull this out because I like this song. I, and I think it surprises you, but I actually like Dave's voice. He's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't really think you would dig this guy's voice. It's kind of high and kind of whiny and a little bit pitchy. Uh, and uh, I know how you are with some of that stuff, uh, the Getty Lees and stuff like that. So it's not really in your wheelhouse of love. So, yeah, it surprised me a little bit that you like uh, Dave's voice. And truthfully, I thought that this band had done this record and that was it and they disappeared. And I saw them a couple of times. I actually saw them in a club at one point in time. They were amazing then as well. But I understand in researching this band today, they actually had another couple records out and they even reformed the band, put the band back together in the 2000s. And I think that they were going and still playing today, but the guitar player, the original guitar player passed away uh, from a heart attack in 2016. So that kind of ended that right there. So I don't know whether Dave uh, Alvin, the singer, kept it together or not, but uh, I was kind of surprised to find out that information because really I just didn't think they were a functioning band and hadn't been from the early 90s on. So cool. Yeah, and if you're scratching your head right now, you're like, okay, let me rewind that song and play it again because I've heard that guitar riff before. Yeah, it's Cheap Sunglasses by ZZ Top. You don't got to look any further. <laughs> Sonny, right. Sonny did call me out on that and uh, until he said that. I really didn't think about it. But yeah, I can, I can absolutely uh, hear that a little bit. So still a good song. Oh, that's true. Okay, so my last pick, again, truly serendipitous find because I was researching all things Nuno Betancourt. And we are talking about a guy named T.M. Stevens. So been around since 1978. T.M. is mostly a bass player for higher session type guy. Played with Steve Vai, Neil Zaza, James Brown, The Pretenders, Tina Turner, Billy Joel. I mean, if you wiki T.M. Stevens, you're going to get the phone book because the guy's played with a lot of people. He's also got a band called Shaka Zulu, which is a trio with Michael Barnes on guitar, Gary Sullivan on drums. And he has this slap bass funky style that it works with hard, heavy guitar riffs. So I wanted to play the song for you it's off of his latest album, which was honestly 11 years ago, 2007. The album's called Africans in the Snow. The song is called Gotta Get My Move On. Now, by the way, what's Nuno got to do with this? He supplies a guitar solo, which is right after this super duper funky bass solo at the two minute, 15 second mark. Check this out. Enjoy. Away. Yeah, like 
That reminds me of a couple of different type bands. You know, some of the, um, have you ever heard of a band called Urban Dance Squad? Oh, yeah, yeah. So so they had some things that kind of reminded me of, of that type of thing. It's kind of just aggressive. It also reminds me a little bit of like uh, when Public Enemy and the Anthrax got together uh, for Bring the Noise. Just kind of aggressive, uh, borderline rap slash rock slash funk yeah you know I, overall i dug it yeah and you know somebody like nuno loves that feel right and he loves the the awesome bass player so for him to be involved doesn't surprise me yeah and i'd, I'd never heard i'd never heard of this guy before i would never heard this song before obviously he's got a few records out there 
when I started reading up on it, the whole Shaka Zulu thing, I do actually remember hearing about that band, but I didn't know much about them uh, at the time. I certainly didn't know that he was part of that. Yeah, that's a pretty cool song. Got to get my move on. There you go. <laughs> funky, funky. That's right. All right, so on to something that I completely serendipitously figured out, this band. Absolutely. I'm not even sure how I came into this band. I was searching for some things, saw this, played a little bit of it, and said, you know what, I kind of like this, let me get it. And the whole record really is quite good. It's a band called Skin. Uh, And when you Google Skin, probably a million things comes up. But this is skin self. Don't Google skin. No. Don't Google skin. Uh, Sonny already did that. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Sir, we're going to have to confiscate your hard drive. You're going to prison yeah. for 32 years. <laughs> anyway. So Google skin the band. <laughs> and and <laughs> when you when you tell them what the name of the song is and you put skin, it's all bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, that is <laughs> so the name of the song that that I'm gonna play, I'll get to in a minute, but Skin, self titled record. They're a British band and they have a Iron Maiden connection. So essentially some of the guys in this band were part of Bruce Dickinson's touring band. They were also, one of the guys was in Jagged Edge, uh, which I vaguely remember them from uh, the late 80s. They were sort of a hard rock. Uh, there's an R&B band out there called Jagged Edge now, but this Jagged Edge was a hard rock band from Britain in the 80s, late 80s. Uh, I don't remember much about them. Andy Robbins, who was in Tokyo Blade, which I like Tokyo Blade. I was a fan of Tokyo Blade. Uh, I don't know if anybody out there knows who Tokyo Blade is. Check out that record. That's old school, like UK hard rock. But Andy Robbins, he also is in Skin. So I kind of ran across this band. They're managed by uh, Sanctuary Management, or they were managed by Sanctuary Management, who also handled Iron Maiden. And this is called Money.
So you want to talk serendipity here. Uh, first time I've ever heard this song. And uh, I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, I like this. It's got a, it's got a flavor that's very familiar, right? So I go do some research and found out the Jagged Edge UK thing. Yeah. I love Jagged Edge UK. I have the EP and the album. We tore that thing up. Tony loves Jagged Edge UK. I think he's the one who turned me on to it. Really? And we never knew what happened to those guys. The singer, I think his name was Alfonzetti or something like that, Mike Alfonzetti, I think. But this singer sounds a lot like him. So I'm like, well, what's the connection? Well, the guitar player and the bass player, so the feel and groove of Jagged Edge UK is what I was getting reminded of. So I'm absolutely buying some of this stuff because it totally reminds me of that band. And you'll hear about Jagged Edge UK in later episodes because there is definitely songs off that thing that I will play. But Mike Gray and Andy Robbins is a guitar player and the bass player that were in Jagged Edge. So then again, Serendipity Strikes. Backing vocals on this album, Robert Mason. Really? Yeah. Check that out. So they've got a few <laughs> records out. I mean, this was the debut that came out in 94, and then they put out a few records. Well, one of them was the Japanese-only release, but they put out Lucky in 96, and then the Big Fat Slice of Life, which was 97. That was a Japanese release only. And then they put out acoustic records and some other shit, some live records, stuff like that. But uh, this record from front to back is a pretty good record, pretty solid record. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that. If I can find it, physical product, I'll buy it that way. Otherwise, I'll just download it off iTunes. But So some of the other bands I was looking at, you had shared some earlier. I was thinking Living Color, yep. right? But it was too obvious of a pick. Bang Tango's got some of that flavor. Uh, for sure, uh, that one song. I love that one song, Lo- Love Injection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Right? They got funk, like flea is nothing buck funk. Of course, Extreme came up. I was thinking Buck Cherry. They had a lot of funk to their music. But it, Buck Cherry's tough because a lot of it's just really hard rock that's got good bass lines. But the way the vocal delivery is has got a little funk to it. Right? So, uh, but I love Buck Cherry. So, I think it's time for... It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, I have publicly professed my love for the album Unmasked. And uh, 1980, if you don't know it, Kiss was starting to fall apart at the seams. You got members leaving, got different people playing on records. People called them Disco Kiss, etc., whatever. But the music they created, in my opinion, was awesome at that time. Some people call power pop. I really don't care. So I picked a song where Anton figs on drums, Ace is doing the vocals and guitars, Ace is also playing the funky bass riff. It is not Gene. Song is called Torpedo Girl. Come on, people, get your feet wet. Man battle station torpedo. Man battle station torpedo.
Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk about Torpedo Girl lately. I, I love this tune, and I got I to gotta be honest. I was not a fan of Unmasked uh, until you guys professed your love over there at Podcast Rock City for Unmasked. So I said, okay, well, if it's good enough for my friends over at Podcast Rock City, let me go and research and, and give it a listen. And I've actually grown fond of some of the stuff on this record. I just approach it really not like a Kiss record because it's really sort of not a Kiss record. I mean, there's some great stuff on it, whatever you want to call it, power pop, whatever. But there there are some really good tunes on this. Torpedo Girl is one of the ones that I really love. Uh, I also, <laughs> nobody else likes it, but I like She's So European. So, <laughs> Oh, God. I'm sorry, but I do like that tune. So anyway, Torpedo Girl, Ace played that on the uh, cruise, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. They did. And uh, they tried... Was it at the vault? It might have been at the vault. Yeah, it must have been at the vault. They were trying to play it just off the cuff, and he was trying to teach Gene the bass line, but Gene's like, I don't know that bass line. You played that bass line. (laughs) (laughs) So they were trying to learn it on the fly. It wasn't working out well. Nice. All right. That's awesome, man. What a fun episode, man. This this episode's going to have me shaking my ass all night long, baby. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that uh, when what my wife listens to, which, you know, she really likes the hip-hop stuff and some of the rap stuff, but she likes basically music that makes you move. Yeah. And this mix with rock, you know, she won't completely get into stuff like infectious grooves, but just the beat and the bass will get her moving. And I think in the 90s when this music was out, there was some stuff I liked, there was some stuff I didn't like, but there wasn't very much today that we talked about that I didn't like. So I got to go back and discover some of it. So it sounds like, do I foresee uh, you, me, Jen, and Nicole on the dance floor in the uh, ship disco at 2 o'clock in the morning shaking our groove things? Uh, 2 o'clock in the morning? I don't know about that. But uh, 8 o'clock? Maybe. <laughs> Before dinner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> See, you think you're going to be able to stop and go to dinner. I'm telling you, the first day of the cruise, I didn't even get to eat because you get caught up in all the stuff that's going on. Dude, does it look like I've ever missed a meal? I will stop and go <laughs> to dinner. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a stick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care who's playing. Kick's just going to have to wait. Oh, that's funny. All right, y'all, look, y'all go ahead and play Don't Close Your Eyes. I'm going to go get me a slice of pizza while y'all do that. (laughs) (laughs) Extreme more than words? Yep, pizza break. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Because you know they've all got them. (laughs) Yeah, and they all got to play them. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there is a significant percentage of women on the cruise because guys aren't going without their lady yeah it's not gonna happen of course not so all the ballads get played all of them yeah tom Kiefer, don't know what you got till it's gone i know what i got i gotta run to the pizza bar and give me a slice of pizza (laughs) (laughs) well when we walk into the theaters we'll make sure we sit in the back row so that way we could just get out get pizza if we want (laughs) or just bring it with us oh that's true too (laughs) line our pockets with foil yeah i could do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got front row for tom Kiefer. all right cool 
Sunny breakout at Ziploc bag. <laughs> Let me get a couple of them hot dogs. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. That's going to be fucking hilarious. That's uh, all good, man. What a fun episode. I dug this. I'm glad we did this episode. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, the funk and the music, man, it's good stuff. Awesome. Well, what else we want to tell people before we uh, head up on out of here? Yeah, definitely check us out on Podchaser. Even if you listen to us on a different format, so let's say you listen to iTunes or whatever, some of those places, there's not easy to leave a review. And, you know, you can always hit us on our Facebook page if you want to leave us just comments or whatever, or you can go to Podchaser and it's really, really easy to just leave a review and rate the episode. You don't have to listen to it on Podchaser. You can listen to it on whatever you want. But as long as we get some feedback, because a lot of the ideas that we get, we seriously look through and try to figure out how to do those. And if we get suggestions or whatever, or pointers or feedback, you know, if you can't return, then we do our best to try to put it in and fix whatever we got to fix. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and we really appreciate it because I know everybody that listens to the show probably at the very least is on Facebook. Go to our Facebook page and leave us a recommendation, which is the same as a review. That helps us out. If you're not an iTunes person, then you know you can do something like that. And if you're a Twitter person, we appreciate everybody liking our post and doing things like that, but it helps us out a whole lot if you retweet or you share in Facebook with your network of people because that's kind of the idea. You know, everybody can click on and and like a post. That's great. We do appreciate it, but you're helping us out a whole lot more if you just retweet or share it up. That helps get the word out there amongst people, helps get the name out there. And uh, hey, we're just like you. We're flying the flag for rock and roll. That's all it's about. Fair enough? Yes, sir. All right. I think it's your time to shake, rattle, and roll us out of here. So shuffle, rattle, and roll us rather out of here. All right. So here we go. Later, people. Yep. Until next week, we will talk to you later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.